This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I'm an attorney who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant and expert witness and author and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to speak about property damage and whether or not there is a duty to defend or indemnify if there is no loss to tangible property. The Supreme Court of California in a case called Kazi v. State Farm Fire and Casualty Company, a uh, 2001 decision, found that a CGL, or Commercial General Liability Insurer, only owes a duty to defend if there is damage to tangible property. This court stated, quote, a standard general liability insurer has a duty to defend and indemnify for a loss to tangible property only. The property loss section of these policies provide coverage for physical injury, loss, or destruction of tangible property, and the focus of the property damage coverage is the property itself. For our purposes, it is important to note that the policies are not intended to cover intangible property losses, including loss of an investment, loss of goodwill, or loss of intangible property use. Close quote. The court found that an easement is intangible, so there was no obligation to defend or indemnify an insured for such intangible losses. The Kazis had purchased land, Parcel A, adjacent to Parcel B, which was purchased by the Tolkasons. Sale documents indicated that the two parcels shared a common driveway 20 feet in width that straddled the boundary line. The Tolkinsons assumed the existence of an implied easement. The Kazis subsequently graded an access road on Parcel A near the boundary line. The Tolkinsons filed suit alleging that the Kazis' access road obstructed the Tolkinsons' implied easement over Parcel A. There were two policies at issue. One policy defined property damage as physical injury to or destruction of tangible property, including loss of its use. The second policy defined property damage as physical damage to or destruction of tangible property, including use of this property. Concluding that the rights involved were intangible, the court stated, quote, Thus, the Kazis grading a driveway over their own parcel A and the 10-foot strip they owned that was subject to an easement dispute did not change the nature of the underlying Tolkasan action into an action for tangible property loss. Grading over the insured's own land that may have been subject to an implied easement did not change the easement's intangible nature. 
nor could it ever change the character of the easement right away the Tolkinsons claimed. It is the nature of the easement right that was issued, not the physicalities that may relate to it. A loss of pure rights in property is not the physical damage or injury to tangible property required to trigger a duty to defend or indemnify under general liability insurance policies. Close quote. In Indiana, damage from an alleged defective service may be recoverable under a negligence theory if the alleged defective service caused personal injury or damage to other property. But contract law governs purely economic loss arising from the failure of the service to perform as expected. The economic loss included diminution in value of the structure, incidental and consequential losses, lost profits, rental expense, cost of repair, and cost of reconstruction. Both the economic loss doctrine and the integrated system approach should be viewed as part of the rationale for certain property damage exclusions found in the CGL-4. For example, in Moraz v. Canadian Universal Insurance Company, a 1986 decision of the Fourth Circuit, the Court of Appeal concluded with regard to response costs resulting from government orders to clean up hazardous waste that, quote, response costs are not themselves property damages. An examination of CERCLA's provisions defining response and authorizing the president to take response action makes it clear that property damage and response are independent. For example, the government may take response action in cases of a substantial threat of release of hazardous substances before any damage ever occurs. One cannot equate response costs with, quote, injury to or destruction of tangible property, close quote, this policy's definition of property damage. Instead, Response costs are an economic loss, close quote. Since the court concluded that response costs were not property damage to tangible property, the insurer had no duty to defend or indemnify. Now, courts will often work to find coverage for defense if it's logically possible. Therefore, construction defects in a house that damaged the house itself constituted property damage sufficient to trigger the duty to defend or indemnify under a CGL policy. A party that has incurred its own response costs to clean up contamination may also be entitled to bring a cost recovery claim under Circa Section 107 for those response costs. However, in essence, an insurer that is only obligated to reimburse the insured for cleanup costs does not itself incur response costs. Therefore, if response costs are paid by an insurer, 
it is necessary for an insurer to seek reimbursement of the response costs paid from the U.S. government available to the insurer by statute. The plain statutory language and overall scheme of CERCLA indicate that an insurer cannot bring a subrogation action under Section 107A when it has not itself incurred response costs. As the Supreme Court has observed, quote, given the clear meaning of the text, there is no need to consult the purpose of CERCLA at all, as it is ultimately the provisions of our laws rather than the principal concerns of our legislators by which we are governed, close quote. This is the Cooper Industries case, 125 Supreme Court 577. It is settled rule that the insurer must look to the facts of the complaint and extrinsic evidence, if available, to determine whether there is a potential for coverage under the policy and a corresponding duty to defend. This is Waller versus Truck Insurance Exchange, a California Supreme Court decision from 1995. Further, it is well established that even after a valid initial denial of defense, later developments may impact the insurer's duty to defend and a bare potential or possibility of coverage is the trigger of the defense duty. For example, in Chubb versus Space Systems, a uh, 2013 decision of the Ninth Circuit that explained that response costs are deemed necessary when an actual and real threat to human health or the environment exists. Because the statute does not define incur in the context of response costs, and there is no controlling authority on the term in the CERCLA context, the Ninth Circuit applied the ordinary meaning, which is to acquire or come into, to become liable or subject to, as a result of one's action to bring upon oneself. The Ninth Circuit found that both the plain statutory language and overall scheme of CERCLA prevented an insurer from bringing a subrogation action to recover response costs it paid on behalf of its insured when it has not itself incurred response costs. This is a misunderstanding of the equitable remedy of subrogation, since the insurer, when seeking subrogation recovery, steps into the shoes of the insured who did incur the response costs and assigned its claim to its insurer. In Rockport Pharmacy versus Digital Simplistics, a 1995 decision of the Eighth Circuit, it held that data are not tangible property under a computer policy and that loss of data from defective hardware and software was commercial or economic loss that could only be the subject of a contract action against the supplier. 
The Northern District of California in Seagate Tech versus St. Paul Fire and Marine, a 1998 decision, held that incorporating a defective disk drive into a computer did not constitute physical property damage to the computers themselves. Where the parties ask a court to decide the meaning of a single term, like tangible property, and no ambiguity in the policy is alleged or presented, the court should conclude that computer data is intangible, not tangible, personal property. Terms of an insurance policy must be considered not in technical, but in popular sense, and must be construed according to their plain, ordinary meaning an accepted sense in the common speech of men, unless it affirmatively appears from the policy that a different meaning was intended. For example, in Magnetic Data versus St. Paul Fire and Marine, a 1989 decision of the Minnesota courts held that a liability policy does not apply to an insured's erasure of a customer's computer disk cartridges. The court stated that the historical basis for its decision was as follows, quote, Since 1966, standard CGL policies have not covered damages to intangible property. While the CGL policy here is written in plain-meaning style and differs from the standard CGL policy provisions that this court has considered in the past, we find that the intent to limit coverage to loss of use of tangible property remains. Therefore, absent clear language to the contrary, we decline to interpret this CGL policy to extend coverage to loss of use of intangible property. A claim for damages arising out of plaintiff's negligent handling of electronic dam data is not a claim for property damage under the policy and is excluded from coverage. Accordingly, defendants have no duty to defend plaintiffs in a case called Sportsfield Specialties versus Twin City Fire, a uh, decision of the New York State Courts. Similarly, in State Paul Fire versus National Computer, a 1992 decision, the loss of three binders that contained data was found not to be a loss of tangible property because the underlying plaintiff had not suffered any actual loss of use of the data. It merely lost the three binders. Trademark infringement also cannot be property damage under a CGL policy because a trademark is not tangible property. Similarly, allegations that claimant suffered damage to its goodwill, identity, and reputation are also not allegations of damage to tangible property. Rather, goodwill, identity, and reputation are all intangible. And this 
series of cases might be a reason for the refusal of the loss of use cases of businesses that were shut down because of COVID resulted in rulings for the insurers in almost every case because COVID causes no damage to the business's tangible property. This video was adapted from my book, Zalma on Insurance Claims, Part 103, Second Edition, which is available as both a Kindle book and a paperback from Amazon.com. If you found this video to be of interest, please refer it to your colleagues. It's free. And please subscribe to my Rumble channel, my YouTube channel, and to my blog so that you can learn about future videos and blog postings. Thank you for your attention.